Welcome to A Matter of Trust. I'm Chrissy Nopke, and I'm here with my colleague and friend, Annie Rogers, and we're both estate planning attorneys at Creative Planning. And we've been doing a three-part series on common um, mistakes that make unintended consequences for estate plans. And today, specifically, we're going to really kind of delve into making our wishes known and properly stating them. And so I know, Annie, you've dealt with some business owners that think that, you know, I have a company out here and I've got it all put together and I'm running my company and it's doing great and they don't think about the unintended consequence of not planning. Right. And sometimes that ownership is one of their main assets. Right. So it, you know, it is important for business owners or people who have an interest in a business, whether it's an LLC or a C-Corp or an S-Corp, to plan for what happens when you pass away. Sometimes business documents um, have a buy-sell agreement or the governing documents say what happens and who the asset goes to. Um, But often in our planning, we do um, assignments of business interests into people's individual trusts or a transfer on death assignment of those interests. And, you know, that kind of varies from state to state on what that state law allows. But, you know, we often do an evaluation of, you know, how the how how you own the property and where it needs to go. Because even if you have to sell back your shares of a company, you need someone who can do that for you because you're deceased. And you don't typically want that to be someone who's appointed through a probate process. Right. Because if it's if an asset is in your individual name, it re- if, and it doesn't have a beneficiary, like a transfer on death assignment, um, it requires the probate process to get that retitled. So then you have to op- file a petition with the court to have an executor or a personal representative named who then is your legal representative to sell those shares back. Um, if you have it, you know, kind of dumped back into your trust, then your trustee is your legal representative. So we can avoid some of these extra steps to um, make sure that these assets are taken care of if you do proper planning. Well, and when I talk to clients, sometimes it's always, you know, a key family member that's helping them run the business. So, oh, my son helps me run the business, and I plan on him taking over when I pass away. But there's no paperwork to show that that's the intention. And so if that parent passes away and they have four, five, six kids, that business isn't just going to go to that one son who's been the major key player in keeping it afloat. And so you always want to work with a professional that is going to help you make sure that there's a plan in place. And we actually have a business attorney on staff, right? Lisa Epps, who yeah, um, great. would be happy to work with anybody creating a buy-sell agreement or anything regarding their businesses. Right. And, and you know, another topic that um, we see a lot is clients not putting their wishes into writing. So, you know, by documenting what you want to happen – this can eliminate a lot of conflict after you're gone. And a lot of inter-family, intra-family conflict right. of brothers, sisters, cousins I, arguing. I always tell clients that um, sibling, old sibling rivalries um, and grief do not mix well after people – and money do not mix well after people pass away because all that stuff comes up and the parents are the glue. Yeah. So if they're not there to try to kind of – keep everybody together and there's a lot of um, disagreement about what mom and dad wanted Um, this can create a lot of issues everybody starts remembering things after a parent dies hey joe remember when you took fifty thousand dollars from mom and dad and they helped you buy your house well that was an advancement on your estate you know your inheritance and so now you're not going to get as much as us right but if that's not documented that that was the parent's intent that may have been a gift Exactly. Um, so we can add language to a trust that says, you know, parent, you know, mom and dad can keep a list of loans they made to the kids so that those are considered 
part of their equal trust share, you know, and when these that, are things that happen commonly, you know, especially right. with trying to get a mortgage or something, a parent might loan someone the down payment with the idea that it's going to be paid back and they pass away in the meantime. And right. There is nothing because they stating. want all the kids to be treated equally. Exactly. You know, the other, you know, thing come um, that becomes an issue is with personal items, like who gets mom's wedding ring? And we've talked about this before. Right. This is the one that creates probably the most drama and the one and that it's, people don't really, oh, who cares? It's just a bunch of junk in my house. Right. We hear that every single day. Nobody's going to want this stuff. But there are a few items that everybody wants. Uh-huh. So if you want to, you know, try to eliminate conflict or you have told someone in your family that they will get that specific item, we have, you know, what we in our estate plans are called personal property memorandums, but there are specific gift lists with most estate plans where you can direct my wedding ring goes to this daughter and grandpa's shotgun goes to, you know, or the family quilt or, you know, some of the, the family Bible, you know, these different things that are important that somebody wants to have. If you have told somebody they can have it, you want to write that down and make sure it's documented. Right. So one of the other big issues that I also see in planning a lot is people who have minor children. So anyone younger than age 18 who just stated in their will or in a a state plan that, okay, well, if I pass away and my spouse isn't alive or if I don't have a spouse, that it goes equally to my kids. Right. Well, in this country, children younger than age 18 can't own assets. So then all of a sudden, whatever they inherited is going to go through what's called a conservatorship. Right. And a probate judge and a conservator are going to kind of oversee and supervise those assets until that child is age 18. 18. And who has a senior in high school that's age 18? I can't even imagine. That you would trust to have Sometimes millions of dollars. Bring in the Ferrari to <laughs> high prom. school. Yeah, taking your prom date on the Ferrari, out in the Ferrari. So, I mean, obviously, when you have minor children, there is a much bigger aspect you have right. to look at and decide how are we going to restrict this? Who's going to oversee it? And there's ways to take that away from a stranger in the probate court and put it with a grandparent, an aunt, an uncle, a family friend. Even a trust company that will make, you know, good decisions and make sure the money's invested and then it's used for their needs. And the needs-based standard we use in estate planning is, um, you may have heard the acronym HIMSS, but it means health, education, maintenance, and support, which is basically their needs. It can pay for college. It can pay for their living expenses. It can buy them a car, but it's probably not going to be a Ferrari. Yep. You can have the used Honda. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so it It definitely ensures that they're mature enough to receive the funds at the ages you as the parent have decided, yes, I think at 25 my kid might be able to handle a little money and I'll give them a distribution or... And it doesn't have to be all at once. It can be like, you know, a third at 25, 30, and 35. Very commonly done. Um, You know, and along with this, you know, a lot of people think they're taken care of because they put their kids as beneficiaries on their assets. But, you know, the same problem happens if you you know, put your spouse and your three kids as the contingent beneficiary on your IRA at work, if they're minors, they can't just get those assets because they can't manage them. Somebody has to do it for them. huge life insurance policy worth a million, couple million bucks. Right. And they put the kids down as beneficiaries. Well, again, we just had the issue of they're not age 18 or they're 19 years old and a freshman in college and they're going to inherit a couple million dollars. Right. And so this is why, you know, a lot of people end up doing living trusts, revocable living trusts, is so that money dumps into the trust and then creates the shares that can be managed for them until they're older. 
Um, Because even if you don't feel like you have a lot of liquid assets right now while you're alive, once you the house is sold and the life insurance policies come in and you know you have all your retirement accounts that are going to be distributed out, it it adds up. Um, If you you know you list it all, it's you know it can be a lot of money that they would get and. You know, and also when they're young, they're more subject to maybe predators or people that undue influence. You know, might say, "Oh, hey, you inherited money. Why don't you invest in my bar?" Which sounds really cool when you're 21. Um, exactly, <laughs> but may not be a very good business idea if neither of them have any, you know, experience doing that. And you know, I always tell clients, I'm totally, you know, I've always been pretty financially responsible, but my perspective has totally changed from in my 20s to your to my little, 30s yep. to you know now I'm you know. In my early 40s, you know, so it's... What you do with money during your generations definitely changes. Yeah, so if you want to make sure they have it later when they're buying a home and they have kids going to college or putting kids in private school or, you know, other important things in their life, then it's it's good to kind of make sure that these things are they're protected. So that definitely leads us to the biggest mistake people make. Right. Which is... Not having an estate plan at all. Not doing anything at all. Right. So... Um, if you are one of those people, and it's very common, right, that have not decided, hey, it's time for me to get a plan, meet with a professional, talk through these things, and know what your options are to make sure that what you want to have happen if you pass away happens. Because if if you don't, there are statutes that apply, but it may not be what you want. Like here where we sit in Kansas, if you pass away and you're married, 50% goes to your spouse and 50% goes equally to your kids if you don't have a plan in place. And that's right. probably not what most family members intended if they unexpectedly pass away without a plan. Right. And, you know, if you don't have someone who can handle your, you know, write a check on your checking account or make, you know, medical decisions and you become incapacitated, they're going to have to take you into court and have doctors testify and you're going to have to have a guardian and conservator named. If you have these documents in place, that's unnecessary because you've already, you know, named who you would want to be doing that on your behalf. So there, there's a, you know, we can avoid a lot of these unintentional consequences by, you know, having the proper documents in place and making sure they're up to date. Yep. So thank you to our listeners out there. We encourage you, if you have a specific topic or anything you'd like us to talk about or have a question, to email us at podcast at creativeplanning.com. Thank you. Thanks. This commentary is provided for general information purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. Past performance of any market results is no assurance of future performance. The information contained herein has been obtained from sources deemed reliable, but is not guaranteed. This commentary and the information provided may be considered advertising in some jurisdictions under the applicable law and ethical rules. The determination of the need for legal services and the choice of a lawyer are extremely important decisions and should not be based solely upon advertisements or self-proclaimed expertise. No representation is made that the quality of the legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers.